Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, the Monday review episode. I'm your host, of course, Tim Petrop, here with Michael, my bro. Actually, we are in a different place today. We are upstate in New York visiting our brother Jason at Cornell Law School. As you guys know, he's uh, he's doing his Cornell Law thing, and we're up here visiting him. We're in his room right now. It's cozy. He's currently in class. Yeah, he's currently in class right now, uh, but he watched the games with us yesterday. Uh, shout out to Jess of Tingle Fame. Uh, she, because we were obviously not able to do all the things that we can do when we're at home, she took over for the tweeting the touchdowns on Twitter. Thank so you, shout Jess. out to Jess. She's been an OG from day one. Uh, we really appreciate her. And uh, and she has a wonderful young daughter. So shout out to her wonderful <laughs> young daughter. Um it was a it was a it was a week this week in fantasy as as it we was went a week as we went down our um our home leagues you noticed that there wasn't a lot of scoring unless you had one of the guys that scored thirty five plus points yep. so it, it, like if if you look down the list especially in the half point PBR it goes there's like four guys who scored thirty five and then it goes down to like four guys who scored twenty and then everyone else scored in like the teens yeah um that you expected to get, maybe get big weeks it was very odd if you go like someone who scored like fifteen points. I think is like a top ten percent score this week. It's it's crazy. If you didn't have one of the big games on your team, the Nick Chubb, the Leonard Fournettes, the Chris Godwins, you likely lost. Yeah, I mean there's still there's still some time to go. Chris Con yeah. I mean James Conner, but Tyler it was a very Boyd. strange week. The worst team in our league put up hundred seventy five points. In our home league, yeah. He had Mike Evans, uh who else did he have? I'm blanking. But Fournette, I think he had Chad Chubb. Chubb. He had Chubb Evans, uh that was that Godwin, 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 Godwin. Uh, Evans. Godwin. I had Godwin in the league too. That was nice. Um, but let's. So we're going a little low tech today, as you guys know. Uh, we're as I just said, we're not in the in the usual spot we're at, so we don't have our technological advancements. No AKA, transitions today. Yeah, aka the uh, the soundboard. So let's get right into the news. Hey, welcome to your new news. What's, what's the guy's name? I forget. That. I forget. Damn. Who knows? He's some guy from the eighties that used to work at CNN. All right. <laughs> so the first news is my boy. Mitchie Trubisks, um, who is just about to break out uh, into his into his breakout campaign. You should either. You may not. I mean, I know Michael may not agree with me, but that's okay. Mitchie Trubisky was about to what's about to break out. Totally. All right. Uh, but he won't be able to break out. Instead, he broke a bone. Not he. Um, he separated just his shoulder. Separated right? his shoulder. Not throwing arm. So they say he could be ready to come back by week seven. Until then, Chase Daniel takes over the. Chicago Bears offense. I have a question about Chase Daniel for you, Michael. So he Hit came me. in, Chicago scored on four of his five drives. No touchdowns, but they scored. He's playing the Raiders next week. Is that an, a matchup that you might be interested in streaming Chase Daniel if you're desperate? No. I mean, I wouldn't even want to start Mitch Trubisky and Chase Daniel. As much as I don't like Trubisky, Daniel did throw a touchdown, by the way. So he, oh, he did yeah. have one pass. Touchdown. Yeah, I'm bugging. He's, he's also a very safe quarterback like he doesn't like to take chances he just he's more of a game manager which is why I'd steer clear even though it's in a good spot against Oakland but I mean at this point you know what you're getting from the Bears they're gonna try to establish the run which hasn't really been working great this season yo the one of the things that's, that really bothers me about running backs 
is when their bodies flail around and they're trying to do too much. David Montgomery is one of those guys where he, you didn't see this in his college clips. And you didn't see it in the, in the first preseason game. But as soon as the season started, his body just started flailing around. Like he makes all these extra cuts for no reason. And you respect the fact that he tries to get the extra yards all the time. But you don't need that much movement, dog. Like you need to just like conserve your energy. Like you need to release that energy where it needs to be released instead of just jumping around all over the place. He looks like a, he looks like he can't be contained. Yeah, it's he's crazy. not go- he's not going north and south enough. Yeah, he's going east and west, which is what you you don't really want to do that when you're on a football field. I mean, respects to the fact that once he gets hit, he starts going north. Yeah, and he he breaks tackles. So you but like again, to see it was, that he's it was, young. It was his backfield. So you like to see that. Terry Cullen had five rushes. Yeah, so Mike Davis still, is a thing of the past. Mike Davis is a thing of the past, yeah. So yeah. it's his backfield, which you like to see. He got 21 rushes, even though only translated to 53 yards. Three receptions on five targets is also something you like to see a lot. So they're going into a bye in week six. David Montgomery's outlook after the bye is probably going into the bye. This week is uh, we're going into week five. With the Raiders, I guess the so, Raiders. Is, I mean, it's if, definitely if the, a start. If position. the team that owns David Montgomery is bad, you might want to try to get him going into the buy if they need someone to replace him in the buy and get him for cheap. Um, let's go on to the next one. Christian Kirk, who has been peppered with targets in this spread out offense. Uh, it, it, this is not official yet, and we're recording a little earlier than usual. This is two sixteen p.m. Eastern time. We usually record around seven p.m. Eastern time, so we have a little less information about the injuries than we usually do but for those of you who are listeners regularly uh visit our patreon patreon.com slash brodo fantasy where we're going to have an episode tomorrow uh the waiver wire episode and we will also be talking about the sunday night games uh i mean the we already talked about the sunday night game the monday night game and um a, a couple of things a couple of news updates um yeah so christian kirk possible high ankle sprain michael that's obviously not good for Christian Kirk owners. Do you think anyone takes a step up here? Uh, maybe DJ gets the gets it. I, I don't really. I'm not too excited about Cardinals wide receivers right now. Yeah, Keyshawn Johnson would be the guy I would expect to be more involved. I, I would have a hard time starting Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah, Damari Bird was out as well last week, so he's dealing. Maybe Andy Isabella might be forced into playing more, which still he he's played like two percent of the snaps despite being a second round rookie. He's behind the pecking order for guys like Keyshawn Johnson. He went two for 19 yesterday, Keyshawn Johnson. So I'm not really looking at the replacement particularly. I just – Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson would probably be the main beneficiaries. Get Larry even Fitz. more work. Yeah. But that Cardinals offense, man, it's not looking good. It's not looking like it's taking the league by storm like it was supposed to. Not by any means. I mean, if only a fantasy show told you guys that that was going to happen. Um <laughs> TJ Hawkinson messes up his shoulder plus a concussion. Trying now, to hurdle someone. Yeah, trying to hurdle somebody, that, which is the very popular in vogue thing to do. Not only for everyone, this, but particularly for tight ends this year. Vernon Davis. It seems to be like tight ends like to hurdle people because I guess it makes sense because tight ends are bigger guys, so the, the D-backs probably go at their legs more, so they try to hurdle them. But there's a high ri- injury risk, and you saw that with TJ Hawkinson. It's not like they're going to juke anyone or something. Right, so you saw that with T.J. Hawkinson, and it, it's it sucks because he was having a good fantasy day, and he's been he's looked alive the past couple of weeks after sucking for a little while after that first game. So he at least was showing some signs of life. But now, if you're a Hawkinson owner, um, there's no timetable for his return. Although he does avoid the IR, which is good news. Yeah. Um, like that's that's your comment, yeah. 
Jesse James. Good news for uh, Hawkinson. <laughs> Jesse James, Logan Thomas are probably going to take his spot at tight end. And, uh, pass. And, yeah, pass. Pass on both of those guys. <laughs> I mean, Jesse James ha- does have fantasy history. And I, I could see possibly streaming him in a good matchup if you need a tight end. But besides that, nothing to really write home about. Team Rocket. Oh, here's a, here's a thing that you can write home about. This week, the Lions, now that we're talking about the Lions, their defense is on by. They're on by. I'm telling you right now, the Lions are going to be one of the higher fantasy defenses in the league after this bye. After what I saw against Patrick Mahomes and after what we saw all, all season, this team has something. This team has something. It has, they played it, very good. They played well. And against KC. I really, if you, no one's going to be looking for them after the bye. You should be looking for them after the bye. Um, let's continue. Let's see what we got here. Adam Thielen, who is not known for being a guy. Not an outspoken man. No. He says at some point you're going to have to be able to throw the ball when asked about the team's early season struggles. A not-too-indirect shot at his quarterback, Kirk Cousins. And Kevin Stefanski. He said you can't run for 180 yards every game. Yeah. And, you know, Michael and I were watching the game yesterday, like I said, and Michael's, I think, direct quote was, it's crazy. They're down two touchdowns and they're still running the ball in the fourth quarter with four minutes left. Yeah. Like that's how much they either need to lean on Dalvin Cook or they just don't trust Kirk Cousins. Like, dude, you're down sixteen points in the fourth quarter. What are you doing running the ball? Like it's not even two touchdowns and two two point conversions you need. If you don't get one of them and it's a three possession game. There's a time and place where you run the damn ball. It's not in the fourth quarter down. Two or three possessions. Facts, facts. Especially when you have Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs on the outside. Yeah, man. It's pretty rough. And we were talking before we started recording. And if you're on the Vikings, particularly if you're Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, who both had career years with Case Keenum, right? And you got to the, to the NFC Championship game with Case Keenum. You got to be asking yourself, like, we got rid of Case, someone who the city loved, someone who brought us back, someone who never said die, someone who got us the ball. For this fucking scrub who we gave all this goddamn money to, and he sucks. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Kirk Cousins, man. We, Me and Jason obviously have been on the Captain Kirk train in past years. I don't know if it's he's just digressing or if the offense is just that bad passing-wise. I mean, but, like, it's rough. They're going, into, they're going to play the Giants next week. If they can't have a successful passing day against the Giants, they're going to have to rethink their offense. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a big-time problem. I mean, I named Kirk Cousins as a top-10 quarterback in the league on veterans – no, top – sorry, 13 quarterback in the league on veterans minimum when I was on veterans minimum, and that was two years ago. So, like, what's going on? Because the Kirk Cousins that brought the Redskins, he had nothing around him, and he literally propelled that team to being better. And now you have a situation where he has everything he needs around him, and he can't do shit for nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's rough. It's, it's, it's rough, and Adam Thielen's getting sick of it. Um, Antonio Callaway coming back from suspension, as well as Golden Tate, so two receivers to keep an eye on. Uh, Kalen Balage played less snaps than Mark Walton last game. Now, we've been on the Kalen Balage sucks bandwagon for a long time. Uh, this is kind of just, you yeah, know, nothing it's kind of over for him. Nothing to write home about here, just... Uh Nobody cares about Kalen Balaj anyway in the <laughs> fantasy world at this point. If you still own Kalen Balaj, you should have moved on already. Yeah, I mean, and no reason to pick up Mark Walton. Um, speaking of the Redskins, God, ever since Kirk Cousins left, that quarterback situation has been just a mess. Uh, we saw we saw the debut of Dwayne Haskins where he looks completely overmatched. Really bad. Against a giant secondary that has 
literally been the easiest to pass on oh. in the league. Um, he made he made Janoris Jenkins look like Janoris Jenkins of 2015 again. Um, speaking of that, they already benched Case Keenum. Now Dwayne Haskins is in. They're thinking about benching him. Apparently, Jay Gruden has the utmost confidence in Colt McCoy, and they're thinking about starting Colt McCoy against the Patriots. He's always loved Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy was on the track to possibly even be the week one starter before he got hurt, so I would not be surprised at all if Colt McCoy is the quarterback. But I, against the Patriots, everyone's a bad play. I was also going to say, like, it's it might not be the best decision to put in your rookie after he has to come in relief and throw three interceptions. Might not be the best idea to have his first start be against the New England Patriots. Yeah, definitely not. So Cole McCoy as a starter in the, for the Redskins definitely seems viable. Um, our last piece of news here, A.J. Green will miss at least two more weeks. According to Roto World, listen, this is a direct quote, there may be more at play than Green's ankle as the contract year receiver has been holding out for a new deal. At this point, the Bengals could possibly would have been better off stashing green or injured reserve than continue wasting a roster spot on a player who is seem I'm sorry who seems nowhere near our return. So all those people that took AJ Green stashed him and hoped that he would be um the savior for them come week 6, week 7. It looks like there's a little more at play than that if you're AJ I mean, Green. This is why I did not draft AJ Green anywhere. I'm in like 11 leagues. I did not draft AJ Green once. Damn, you're in 11 leagues? Yeah, and I've not I'm in traded. Nine. I thought that was too many. And I've not traded for AJ Green once in any of those leagues. Every time someone offers me AJ Green, I say take him out of the deal or I'm not going to talk to you. Cuz there's literally no reason uh, there's nothing I want to do with AJ Green at this point. The whole we the whole season, dude, we knew that this injury didn't really have a timetable. And he's always injured. He was still going like the fifth, sixth round in drafts. It was I didn't want anything to do with it. A couple of weeks ago in this news news section, we told you that AJ Green said himself, "I don't know where these people got four weeks from. That's too little." Yeah. When the player saying that himself, that's a red flag because usually it's the player who's like, "Yeah, I'll be good to go. Don't worry." And it's the doctors keeping him out. Yeah. But in this case, AJ Green is like, "Yo, who said four games? They're stupid." So it's definitely, not good. yeah, definitely not good. If he's wasting an IR spot on your roster right now. I don't know. Do you move on from AJ Green, Michael? Like, do you just straight up release him? If if you let's say you're in a situation where you have Saquon Barkley, or a guy of that caliber, let's say Tevin Coleman, and they're taking up a roster spot, and you could add an an offshoot like Deontay Johnson or or a guy like that, right? And or or like I don't know, so, someone of that caliber, like a, a wide receiver three type, would you keep AJ Green? Or would you release him and then add a wide receiver three type? I'd probably still hold him. If you get someone like Terry McLaurin for some reason still on the waiver wire. Nah, no way. Or like a, even like a John Ross type guy, possibly. But I wouldn't do it for like Deontay Johnson and probably hold on to Green a bit longer. All right. So I told you we we're uh, technically uh, <laughs> we're technically handicapped today. Uh, so no transitions. But we will transition to one thing. Before we get into our next one, we want to shout out our sponsors. Um, Red Cup News at Red Cup News on Instagram, the number one source for college football in the land. College football is heating up, and so are these playoff races. Um, I'm not a big college football guy, but I've been a lot more into college football ever since I've been following Red Cup. They make it easily digestible, and they don't just cover the teams that everyone talks about, although they do. They cover all the teams. And uh, so it looks like Clemson is not in the Final Four as of today. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is not nearly as good as everyone thinks, apparently. So uh, go check that out. 
if you want if you want to find out about Clemson, if you want to find out about anyone, uh, Tua is just as good as everyone thought. Um, the the Dolphins' next quarterback, uh, Tua. I'm not a Tua guy, but that's I mean, for another time. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the next sponsor, and that's Thrive Fantasy or ThriveFantasy.com. The Thrive Fantasy app. Put in Brodo as the promo code and get $10 on your first deposit of $10 or more. Let me tell you something, guys. One of our depositors last week won $400 on the site. Shout out to them. And they got a free $10 in Brodo money. Yes, and they only spent the $10 for Brodo money to get that $400. Uh, Me, personally, myself, I won $38, came in second in the tournament. So, um, yes, shout out to Thrive Fantasy for making a great uh, app and making a great a really fun time mm-hmm. it's a really fun type of thing because you're rooting for the props so it's basically like fantasy except um you don't have a bunch of algorithms to play against so or shout out to thrive fantasy again use our promo code brodo to get a free ten dollars on any uh deposit of ten dollars or more so let's get right into the we saw that coming i saw that coming from a mile away <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna be the 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 drops. All right, so um, Michael, who's your first? We saw that coming. Wayne Gallman. Oh yeah. This is where, oh yeah, baby. Yeah. Oh yeah. I spent seventy five fab and I'm happy about it. This is why we told people, people on Twitter who were like, yeah, don't spend up on Wayne Gallman. You don't get a starting running back off the wire very often, which is why you spend up for someone like that. Fifty percent of fab is not a stretch, especially in leagues where you could add players for zero fab. I want to put out there that I spent seventy five dollars in a league where I had one fifty fab. So I spent fifty percent yeah. of my fab, not seventy five. Which is perfectly reasonable, especially as a Saquon Barkley owner, and he got twenty four touches, including six receptions, fifty five yards, two touchdowns total, one rushing, one pass, uh one receiving. You couldn't ask for more. And that's not for nothing. That's without garbage time. He didn't really touch the ball in garbage time. They sat him. They wanted to keep him healthy, which is, I I mean, it makes sense. Saquon's out, and Wayne Gallman is the next in line, former Clemson running back. Yeah, this is why we had him almost eight or nine spots higher than expert consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros this week as well. So we were high on Wayne Gallman, and he he made us look good. And now going into Minnesota and New England, they're not the great – they're not the best matchups, but he still is the number one running back on that team easily, and he's going to get 20 touches a game. Yes. And he, he, there's no way that Daniel Jones is going to throw the ball 40 times a game. Yeah. If there's one thing the Giants make clear is that they don't care about their win-loss record this year and that they are looking to keep J- Daniel Jones moving forward. And Daniel Jones didn't have a good game against the Redskins. Um, he, he did not play he well. He definitely looked every bit of the rookie that he is. Um and they're not going to make him throw the ball over and over and over and over and over again, no matter what happens. So when Wayne Gallman is the only guy in that backfield besides Hilleman who got the garbage time touches, Gallman's going to be a workhorse until Saquon Barkley comes back. Yeah. Um, let's go over to the, the next one. Robert Woods, man, is someone that we saw coming. We told you, dudes. We told you, Michaels. <laughs> Michaels giving him the round of applause. We told you guys to just hang in there because the targets were there. They were there, and it was strange things like passes getting batted at the line and things of that nature, and I know Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks are having big games, so it's easy to get nervous. We told you to hang in with him. This game, because they had to throw so much, he got volume. Robert Woods week, baby. 15 targets, 
13 catches on those 15 targets, 164 yards. That's 22 half PPR points and 30 points plus if you're in a PPR league. So Robert Not Woods, easy without scoring a touchdown. No, not <laughs> easy to do without scoring a touchdown, and he did it. So we told you to stick with Robert Woods, and we saw it coming that this week was going to be his week where he kind of breaks out. Um, look, we told you again last week that the Rams are throwing to the running back out of the backfield the least of any team in the league right now. So those intermediate routes that used to go to Todd Gurley are now going to go to that possession receiver, which is what Woods is. Because Cup comes out of the slot, and he's the favorite target. And then you got Woods who stretches the field. Cooks stretches the field. What said Woods. I'm sorry. Then you got Cooks that stretches the field. Then you have Woods that's going to be that possession guy. So he's going to get targets. He's He was averaging eight targets a game before this game. So... If you stayed true to Robert Woods and you stayed on the Robert Woods bandwagon, uh, congratulations. Your patience has paid off. So um, that's my – we saw that coming, the first guy. Michael, who's your second guy? Will Disley. Not so much Will Disley, more attack Arizona tight ends. Hell yeah. (laughs) Will Disley went on eight targets, seven for 57 and a touchdown. Great game from Will Disley. He was very startable this week, as we said. Next week, the Bengals go to play Arizona. Tyler Eifert might actually have some uh, streaming appeal there. Oh, my God. So Someone to keep an eye on. Michael saying Tyler Eifert is viable is like the most unexpected thing. I mean, you have to <laughs> against Arizona. Look, I think this is, this, is, this is something for Will Disley as well. Will Disley is clearly the number two yeah. option in this offense at the moment. And when you're talking about an offense that doesn't pass that much, it may not be nice to be the number two op- option in that offense. But when you're talking about a tight end landscape – where it's crap, you're guaranteeing him at least five targets a game. So if you have Will Disley, correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, is he a every week starter for you at this point? Could possibly be, yeah. Uh, I mean, he has the true throw value king in um, Russell Wilson throwing him the ball. So can't really can't really say he's not going to be good the rest of the way <laughs> if he's getting the targets. That's facts. Um, my second saw that coming is Austin Eckler. Look, we told you that Austin Eckler is going to be hungry in this game, and he was hungry. He balled out. 122 all-purpose, two touchdowns, one rushing, one catching, five receptions. In a spot against Miami where we know he would kill. Although Keenan Allen, disappointment, but I think that's because yeah. they just Austin Eckler was killing him and, and tar- carving him up so hard. Um, they gave a lot of attention to Keenan Allen as well. They did. Um, so when... You know, it's easy to say when a guy like Mike Williams and a guy like Travis Benjamin is out that, oh, man, we love. And this is a mistake that we made, so I'm not, like, criticizing, but we love Keenan Allen this week. There is something to be said about someone else taking some safety coverage and some double-team coverage off of that number one guy in Keenan Allen. So there is something to be said about that. So just keep that in mind going forward. But yeah, Austin Eckler, we knew he was going to be hungry. This is his last chance to be the starting running back. Uh, Melvin Gordon was suited up. You saw him at certain points getting antsy on the sidelines. They kept sh- showing him on the sidelines. He kept having he had his helmet on for most of the time he's on the sidelines, like expecting to go in. He didn't actually get in the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Melvin Gordon's coming back next week. So it's it's going to be, I mean, for if you're an Austin Eckler owner, he goes from an RB one to an RB three flex, so you could still play him. I still think he's he could, he'll be a viable RB two. Really, RB two. So, I mean, Melvin Gordon. You think Melvin Gordon is going to come in and be the workhorse right away tomorrow? No. I mean, I I'm talking about rest of season. I think it it'll slowly become more of. I don't even know, man. I I'm way different than people here. Austin Eckler is balling out. 
Melvin Gordon, in my opinion, has never really been that great of a running back. Why take the ball away from Austin Eckler if he's going to ball out every single time he touches it and break five tackles a game, if not more? Yeah. yeah. So I think they're going to split work down the middle, and if Austin Eckler is playing better, he's going to get more work. It's definitely in the range of possibilities. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously not the top five RB that he's been, but don't count him out yet. All right. Well, he's still a startable asset. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Um, Michael, who's your second? We saw that coming. I already told you. It was Wayne Gallman and Will Disley. Oh, you went before me this time. That's Usually right. I go before you. All right, let's go over to surprise, surprise. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, my surprise, surprise is Cortland Sutton. Six catches for 62 yards and two TDs. I have Cortland Sutton in two leagues, and I, and I benched him. Um, I benched him one for Ronald Jones, which I couldn't be too mad about. Ronald Jones had a pretty good game. I legit played against Cortland Sutton this week in our main league. I was furious. Yeah, 21 points and half PPR. Look, we told you that Joe Flacco doesn't like to go deep. Um, but Joe Flacco also throws touchdowns uh, when he's in the red zone. So Cortland Sutton in the red zone, six catches, 62 yards, two touchdowns. I think if he catches touchdowns, it's going to be fantasy viable. It's going to be hard to, to count on him going over 62. Um, and when I say Joe, Joe Flacco when he's in the red zone scores touchdowns, I mean before last year, the Broncos have been one of the worst red zone teams in the league this year. So they kind of broke out of that. So it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see because if they do score touchdowns in the red zone, it's probably gonna be Sutton. So I think that I was Big surprised target. that I was definitely surprised at this performance, man. Yeah, uh, definitely helped that Jalen Ramsey was out. But yeah, I was I was pretty shocked by it too. The whole Denver passing offense had a very solid day. Yeah. Their running their running attack was good, but they passed a lot more and it was actually super solid. Sanders went over a hundred yards as well. We we did call that. We said the squeaky wheel gets the gets the grease. Yeah. And he got the grease. Uh, Michael, who's your first surprise? Surprise, Dak Prescott. Yeah, man. Dak Prescott really the whole offense of the Cowboys really struggled against New Orleans, who are the worst team against quarterbacks so far to start this season. Only two hundred twenty three passing yards and an interception. Only ran once for seven yards. So I mean, he didn't even reach double digits. Eight point six two, and this was my. He was a top five quarterback for me this week. This this is what I was talking about when it came with the Cowboys. It was the teams that they've played so far, the Giants, Redskins, and Dolphins. You don't know if that was just their offense really being really clicking or if it was just playing bad teams. And against New Orleans, the first team that's actually a decent NFL team, they really struggled. I mean, they lost 12-10 to the Teddy Bridgewater-led Saints. That's not what you want from a team that's supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. Dak Prescott, I still think he's going to be usable every week. I'm not going crazy here i'm not saying he's gonna be you can't start him weekly anymore but it definitely was surprising to see him struggle so much against new orleans another big test against green bay next week if he struggles again it's gonna be tough to uh tough to say he's an every week starter i just sat on a dog on a dog thing <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, now it doesn't do it <laughs> on clutch a squeaky toy a squeaky toy yeah um yeah man for if you're a, if you're a cowboys fan you got to be a little concerned because this is their first real test and they failed it. And when if this is the first test, too, for Kellen Moore against a guy in Sean Payton who is known for being a genius. And he kind of outmatched uh, that situation in every way. That he did. Uh, so, yeah, moving on to my next. There it is. Timmy <laughs> keeps sitting on this damn squeaky toy. Well, I have to sit on the floor over here because Jason's chair is broken. I'm literally sitting on the floor, guys. And Michael's laying on a bed yep. right now. This is the situation we're in. <laughs> but we're still talking fantasy. We're still bringing it to you. BrotoFantasy.com, baby. Yeah. Um, 
Jordan Howard is my next surprise, surprise. Guys, I fucking had Jordan Howard on my bench in one of my leagues, and I would have won had I started him. Uh, I feel like Jordan Howard was on the bench in most leagues. Only 10% of Jordan Howard owners uh, I saw online started Jordan Howard in Yahoo leagues and ESPN leagues. So if you're in one of those 10%, shout out to you. You probably did it out of necessity, but it Jordan worked. Howard balled out, bro. Jordan Howard balled out. And 15 carries for 128 total yards and three TDs. The best part about this is three catches yeah. and a catching TD because Miles Sanders was out there first to start, and he had a chance to get a big run, and he fucked it up. And then Jordan Howard, 19 yards right off the bat, and they handed him the ball as the primary back in that game the whole time. And when they're on the goal line, they trusted him. And we, we tend to forget that Jordan Howard is a good running back. Jordan Howard has had success every single season well, he's been here. always liked Jordan Howard, yeah. A couple of years ago, I remember people saying, Man, the Cowboys are so stupid for taking Zeke in the first round. They could have taken Jalen Ramsey and then taken Jordan Howard in the third round. Fourth, and, fifth. He went in the fifth round to the Bears. Right, or, or the fourth round. And every, everyone was saying that a couple of years ago. That's not. That's nothing to be laughed at. Like, this guy was being compared to Zeke in his rookie season. And people forget that. And he's still young, and he still ha- he still breaks those tackles. He's still a fucking bulldozer. Just because he doesn't catch the ball does not make him not good. So I think the stock on Jordan Howard is definitely on the rise. And I think if you're a Jordan Howard owner, you have to start to think, is this guy, although there's never going to be a workhorse in, with the Eagles, ever. Not as long as Doug Peterson is the coach. Never, ever. you got to start to think, hey, Maybe Jordan Howard is a fantasy viable player if he gets 15 touches a game. He outtouched uh, Miles Sanders 13 to 11 on the ground, and had the three receptions to Sanders zero. So, and Darren Sproles was a complete afterthought. He didn't really play much at all this week. You have to expect Darren Sproles' role to diminish as the season goes on, just because he's so old. Yeah. Although Frank Gore, fucking <laughs> Frank Gore, man, that was a beautiful run. If yeah. you haven't seen, just uh, Twitter or something, Frank Gore run. Yeah, it'll be there. It's fantastic. Um, let's move on to our next section, or you have one? You still? No, have let's one? do it. Stock rising. The stock market is crashing. No, no. What is this one? Is uh, is Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah. Listen I got here. Something for you. I got something for you. Yeah. For those of you who never listened to us before, this will make a lot more sense if you listen to us next week. True. Um, <laughs> my first stock rising is Leonard Fournette. Man, he was in the guys that I really didn't like because of his production. I loved me some Fournette this week, man. Yeah, then he balled out. 31 touches for 245 yards. You talking about the upcoming week? No, I loved him this week. Uh, yeah, 31 touches for 245 yards. Two catches. Look, Gardner Minshew looks like a capable quarterback at this point. That he does. So I think it's becoming a situation where the ja- they're stacking the box against the Jaguars, and then Minshew's making him pay. So you got to bounce back a little bit. And what's happening is when you come into a, a situation where – you have a game plan of stacking a box. And then Minshew forces you to to get away from that game plan. Now you're somewhere in between. You're in this limbo. And that's what we saw last week uh, with, the, with the Broncos. And they were in that limbo where they didn't know what to do. And Fournette just completely crushed them, particularly in the second half, where if Leonard Fournette is going to be successful, that's what he has to do. He has to pound, 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 and then break it in the second half. As Jets fans were growing up, we saw that with Curtis Martin. Curtis Martin would average like three yards carry in the first half, and then bam, in the second half, after wearing you down, he would break off some long runs. We see we see that with all the greats, and if Leonard Fournette is going to be good, that's what he has to do, and that's what he did in this one. Yeah, even Rykel Armstead got into the into the fun 
eight rushes, 42 yards, and his first ever touchdown on a reception where Gardner Minshew evaded like four different defenders. Yo, that was fire. It was awesome. Dude is, you know, that dude got swag. It's pretty solid, yeah. But yeah, uh, Leonard Fournette had a huge game, and again, super workhorse, so... Denver Denver does have one of the worst run defenses though. Even last year they were top five in points fantasy points allowed to running backs. And Bradley Chubb's about to miss the year. And he, Bradley Chubb towards ACL, ACL, yeah. So target running backs against Denver. Um, Michael, who's your first uh what is it, stock rising? My first stock rising, Nick Chubb. This dude is an absolute animal. Nick Chubb had three hundred excuse me, not three hundred, three touchdowns, thirty eight points. Mike, I'm sorry to cut you off. Johnny just walked in. Give him one sneed for the old time's sake, Johnny. Sneed! Oh, we we back. <laughs> Throwback to the Michael, first continue. couple if you guys, episodes If ever. you guys are super OGs of Brodo, you recognize that. Sneed! Sneed! All day, every day. Uh, Michael, continue. I'm crying right now. The throwback. <laughs> so nostalgic. All right, Johnny, you leaving now? No, right, peace. Bye, Johnny. See ya. <laughs> Back to Nick Chubb, though. <laughs> 20 rushes, 165 yards, four targets. Great to see. Three receptions, 18 yards, three touchdowns. Holy moly. Against Baltimore, for crying out loud. Cleveland put up 40 against Baltimore. This came out of nowhere. I I did not expect him to beat Baltimore. Cleveland has been one of the strangest teams in recent really, memory. Really hard to get a finger on what they are right yeah, now. Yeah, but their offense looked a lot better this week. Baker Mayfield went for over 300 yards. He still didn't look great, but he looked better. And Nick Chubb is clearly the workhorse, and if he's going to touch the ball that many times, even against a good front seven against Baltimore, he's his stock has been rising slowly but surely all season. He, he wasn't, he didn't have really any monster games, and then this week he went absolutely off, and it's just all signs pointing up for Nick Chubb. I gotta say, when they're running that offense through Nick Chubb right now, and it's they very are. clearly that they're doing that. Uh, very clear, I'm sorry that they're doing that. Um, you gotta love it. You if you're a Nick Chubb owner, uh, even even if you performance, even if you think that Kareem Hunt might come in when he comes back in Week Ten and make some noise, he's not going to take the spot of this guy. And people who think he's going to take the spot are just mistaken. Yeah, I would I would bet a lot of money that he doesn't. Uh, might take away some volume, but he's not going to take his spot. Um, my second stock rising. Famous Jameis himself, Ooh. Jameis Winston. Talk about a, eating a W against LA. <laughs> eating it, yo, the worst, the worst video, the most awkward, cringeworthy clip of all time. But speaking of someone that that was not expected to do much this week, the Rams were, if, if I'm not mistaken, did not allow a receiving touchdown all season. They're cornerbacks. They're cornerbacks to allow a single receiving touchdown. Oh, and then Chris Godwin had 20 points in the first quarter, yeah. for at least the first half. Like, the, Jameis Winston absolutely balled Mike out. Mike Evans, 75-yard touchdown. Oh, both of them. Uh, he really spread the ball around. Even Ronald Jones had a pretty good game. Um, Jameis Winston, 285 yards and four touchdowns in this one. Fucking went off. And shout-out to him because, look, if the Bruce Arians system is what it is and, and Jameis Winston – is who he is. There is something to be said about being patient. And, you know, I'm going to sound like an old man right now, but in this world that we live in where – I'm sorry. Also, I took away 100 yards from him. He had 385 yards. So check that. Not 285 yards. Yeah, he went off. So I, I, when I was reading that, I knew something was wrong with that. Um, but in this world that we live in where everything is instant and you get everything on your phone and you get everything on demand, a lot of people forget they hate patience. 
Things take time. And if he's finally catching on to this Bruce Arians system, and if Bruce Arians is finally allowing him to be part of that system, watch out. Because this could be someone that we both, all three of us thought that Jameis Winston had a chance to be a top 12 quarterback this year in fantasy. Yeah, we all had him ranked in our seasonal rankings in the top 12, I believe. So this is a guy who can absolutely come out on fire and continue doing this. Yeah, definitely a very impressive showing against the Rams. I did not expect it at all. I thought he could have a decent game, but I had him as a QB2 for this week. So stock is definitely up there. Michael, who's your second guy? First guy. Sticking with the second guy. Second guy. Sticking with the tight end, Austin Hooper. Yo, he's balling out. He is balling out, man. He's the number three tight end on the season right now. He went nine for 130 last week against Tennessee. Yo, nine catches out of the tight end. That's like... Tennessee is a solid defense. They only gave up 10 points to Atlanta. Austin Hooper did have some garbage time points, of course. But 18 and a half, half PPR points, three out of four games... He uh, he scored double digits. Twelve point two is his lowest output when he has scored double digits. I mean, he's becoming a weekly tight end one where you could just set it and forget it. And he's eating into Calvin Ridley's work. Calvin Ridley's back to back very, uh, very bad games we'll fantasy get, wise. We'll get into that. Uh, Muhammad Sanu again nine receptions. Julio Jones didn't have a big game. Uh, Ryan was really using the secondary options this Dude, week. I cannot. Ex- such empty numbers that come from the right arm of Matthew Ryan. That guy sucks, bro. He sucks. He sucks. Well, Matt Ryan had a bad game. And all of his numbers are garbage. Empty. 397 passing yards. Empty 397 passing yards. Freeman had eight receptions. I mean, yeah, it was a rough game for the Atlanta offense overall, but not for Austin Hooper. He's a set and forget it tight end one at this point. Um, let me go on to my next one before I get too mad about um, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Matt Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> uh, my stock rising last is Mike Thomas. Now, interesting. I- interesting because you drafted him in the first round or maybe the, the early second round. But here's why. Everyone's like, oh, man, Michael Thomas is going to be an, a wide receiver too for sure uh, with Teddy Bridgewater. Look, he didn't get into the end zone this game. 95 yards on nine catches though. And if he is putting up 95 yards on nine catches against a great Dallas secondary with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, then that's his floor. That's 18.5 PPR points. That's a solid fucking outing. Yeah. And when you're talking about Michael Thomas, you're talking about a guy who a lot of people kind of traded and gave up on. I know that I ended up, I in one of my Yahoo uh, Diamond Leagues, I, I traded Austin Eckler, I mean uh, Tyler Lockett and David Montgomery for Michael Thomas and Robert Woods. Yeah, nuts. And it was a a perfect perfect buy low situation for me on both of these guys because people were giving up on them so very early. And if you had a chance to buy low on Michael Thomas, if you still have a chance to buy low on Michael Thomas, do so. Because I think that although his stock had fallen, I think it's back up on the rise. I think it's a situation where his stock was so high that it's hard to get up there. But then his stock fell too low because the expectations, people didn't expect him to to meet those expectations. But if he's getting nine receptions and 95 yards, coming off a game where he had a touchdown and had a good fantasy viable game, that's two straight fantasy viable games with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is only looking his way. It's just Michael Thomas. Yeah, he's had some inconsistencies in the past couple years, which, uh, which which wasn't great for uh, fantasy owners, but that looks like it's completely gone this year. It looks like it's he's every week he's getting a ridiculous amount of targets and he's capitalizing on those opportunities. 
he didn't find the end zone, obviously. that No one scored a touchdown in that game, I think, right? Or there was one touchdown scored. So, I mean, but, yeah, Michael Thomas is super yeah, solid, even with uh, Bridgewater. Zeke scored that touchdown. Um, let's go. Do you have one more guy or no? I do have one more guy. Let's get it. Sticking with the tight ends, Jack Doyle. Yes. Because every time a tight end gets eight targets, you got to take note. Four receptions, 22 yards, and a touchdown. The week before that, he also had four targets and four receptions. Back-to-back games where he uh, set a new high in targets. And Eric Ebron drops so and many Eric fucking Ebron passes, And Eric Ebron cannot bro. stop dropping passes. Can't stop. Exactly. So if Eric Ebron's just going to be dropping passes 24-7, he did have a 48-yard uh, TD last week. But besides that, he looked terrible. Uh, Jack Doyle already plays more snaps than Ebron. Forsett clearly likes to throw to him. He, was, he had, uh, like I said, eight targets. And Jack Doyle... He's not someone you could trust every week, but he gets KC next week. Definitely streamable there. And then you get a buy. So if someone drops him, you might be able to pick him up for free. And in the tight end landscape where eight targets is glorious. Yeah, very rare. He might be uh he might be a nice ad. I'm gonna say one on the cheap. One caveat for that. I think a lot of those targets have to do with T. Y. Hilton being out. Yeah, sure. But yeah, you can't you can't ignore that fact. But T.Y. Hilton was doubtful for this week. There's no guarantee he plays next week either. I hope he does. I'm against KC. I hope that too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's go on to our last segment, our stock falling segment. I'm going to start this one off. Do it. DeAndre Hopkins, man. Uh, the it, whole Texans offense. What is going on? Is it that Deshaun Watson too? Like he's just yeah. not playing the way he should be playing. And when you're talking about uh, we this week, we said breakout games for Devontae Adams. And DeAndre Hopkins. This is the week. They don't have three. They never have three bad weeks in a row. And that definitely happened for Devontae Adams. But here you are. If you're a DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins owner, 6.5, 9.7, and 6, 5.6 points in his last three games in half PPR scoring formats, that's just not doing it for you. That's not even weak wide receiver three numbers. And you're talking about a guy who was catching passes from Brandon Whedon and, and TJ Yates and still putting up wide receiver one numbers, and now he has Deshaun Watson, and he can't get a wide receiver one game for his life in the past three games. Yeah. In his last three games, he hasn't even combined for as many points as he had in his first game in half PPR formats. So it's it's really frustrating because he already had that blow-up game. He had 21 half PPR points in his first game, and you're just like, oh, yeah, this is going to be the exact same DeAndre Hopkins that we know and love, might be even better. And then he comes out and shits the bed three games in a row. So for me, DeAndre Hopkins, look, am I am I selling him? No. Am I releasing him? Definitely no. I don't even think you can. Yeah. He's probably locked. Yeah. But if you have a chance to buy him on the cheap, I would do because his stock is falling right now. And the I whole mean, offense, man. You can't really expect it to continue to fall like this. But if it does, Will Fuller too. Someone yeah. I target. He hasn't even scored double digits yet. You could probably get him for free. Some leagues are dropping him. Just trade your last bench piece for Will Fuller. He had a seventy-five yard touchdown wide open, overthrown by Deshaun Watson. As a Will Fuller owner in a couple leagues, it pissed me off so much. To see a 75-yard touchdown just wide open, man. Deshaun Watson overthrew it. He also got another uh, red zone target uh, on a post that got intercepted. But that could have been two, a two-touchdown day for Will Fuller, and we'd be saying a lot different things about um his performance. 3.8 points, though, obviously very disappointing. Yeah, man. Uh, Will, it, that's the most disappointing part, I think, in DeAndre Hopkins is that it's not like the work is going somewhere else because that would be an excuse. Yeah. Because if Will Fuller was having big games, or Kenny Stills, or Kiki Cutie, it's not. It's just not going anywhere. It's just nowhere. And then when yeah. the and then when the one blow up game that they did have outside of Week One, it's the two tight ends that are catching the big plays yeah. on broken plays. So it's it's 
definitely something that um, they're going to have to fix as a team. And they lost to the Kyle Allen-led Panthers. It's not good. Not good. Man, Bill O'Brien is uh, trying to get fired out there. Yeah. And I'm a Bill O'Brien guy. I think that he he got the most out of it, out of teams for a long time. That sucked. But I think he forgot what it's like to coach a good team. Now he just can't. He's kind of like a, a who, Terry the Terry Collins of football. Like If you give him a bad team, he'll coach him up. But if you give him a good team, you can't do anything with him. Yeah. Um, let's go on to your first stock falling. My Mike. first stock falling is Calvin Ridley. After two very good games to start the season, back-to-back dud performances, uh, three for 32 this week on six targets. Played a, was Took a back seat to Julio Jones, Austin Hooper, and Mohamed Sanu in this one. Tennessee has a solid defense, but... Not something you really have to be afraid of. I like Tennessee. In this instance, they uh, they just dominated the Falcons basically the whole game. Uh, Matt Ryan, like you said, had a super empty 390 passing yards. Uh, they only scored 10 points. Devontae Freeman had eight receptions. So Calvin Ridley just was not a big part of the offense. And I like Calvin Ridley. I think he has a good shot to be a wide receiver too the rest of the way. But some stuff has to change in Atlanta for that to happen. He needs to get more looks. Uh, so his stock is down right now because... You can't be having four total receptions for less than 40 yards in two games. Yeah, uh, I wasn't a Calvin Ridley guy going into the season uh, just because of that Atlanta offense and how many weapons there are. Yeah. Because you, you could definitely count on Julio Jones to eat, and then, but there's just so many people to feed in that offense. And now that Austin yeah. Hooper's getting nine nine targets again, the target's got to be coming from somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I got Ridley in a trade. I didn't draft him anywhere because the ADP was too high for me. Um, let's go over to the next guy, stock falling, Josh Gordon, man. Uh, another underwhelming game for Josh Gordon. I had him as a low-end flex option this week. Yeah, I mean, obviously you expect it in a Buffalo defense that not for nothing really proved, really showed me something. I feel like the Buffalo Bills outplayed the Patriots even though they lost. Uh, Josh Allen went out with a concussion, and I, I feel like Josh Allen, who started the game very slowly and very poorly with three interceptions, was finally kind of coming around and catching his groove. And we've seen Josh Allen kind of catch his groove in the second half before. Um, I feel like he was catching his groove. And then right when he was catching it, uh, bam, he's out of the game. And then Matt Barkley had to come in. And then that coaching staff goes for it on fourth and five. I mean, I'm sorry, fourth and goal from the five with Matt Barkley, and they throw for it. Hard, Really bad decisions and really knuckleheaded plays by the by the Buffalo Bills, but in terms of who played better football, I really do think the Buffalo Bills played better football this week. Their defense is legit, man. And Tom Brady sucked. We, t- we told you last week to bench Tom Brady that he always sucks against the Bills. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, what do you do with stocks that fall, that are blue-chip stocks? You buy them while they're low. And I think Josh Gordon has an – has this is the time now to buy Josh Gordon I don't low. know if he's a blue-chip stock. Well, he's, he was once a blue-chip stock back in the day. This was in 2014, at least. Um, the next three matchups are the Skins, Giants, and Jets, who give up the most, second-most, and seventh-most fantasy points to wide receivers, respectively. Yummy. Look, this is the time to buy Josh Gordon because of those matchups. At the same time, if this is the if he doesn't rule these games, if he doesn't go crazy in these games, it's time to really panic if you're a Josh Gordon owner. I mean, he was on my stock down last week. I... I'm not high on Josh Gordon really at this point, but those are glorious matchups coming up. So you're right. Now's the time for him to to really go off. Michael? Uh, Miles Sanders is my next stock down. We just talked about Jordan Howard. We just talked about Jordan Howard, so we don't have to say much here. But Miles Sanders went 11 for 72, didn't have any targets. Like you said, the first play of the game could have been a huge run right off the bat, and he ended up like tripping. So 
Jordan Howard clearly played himself into a larger role. If he doesn't have a larger role next game, I'd be shocked. He looked great. Uh, 15 for 87. Two touchdowns, a receiving touchdown, three receptions, 28 yards. So Sanders looks like he's more of just a flex play right now. This is why I was saying everyone on Twitter, you know, their favorite thing to say, go get Miles Sanders now, go get Miles Sanders now. And he just hasn't been working out at all. And now it looks like Miles Sanders might be going even further down the pecking order behind Jordan Howard. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets outtouched by Howard again next week. Uh, I might be overreacting, but we'll see. I think Jordan Howard looked a lot better than Sanders did, although Sanders did look pretty good. But he has a fumbling problems as well to start the season early. That's been the difference. So I think Miles Sanders is a is a solid stock down guy here. And if you could get him cheap for free, sure. Cheap for but free. Cheap or free. <laughs> sure, but I'm definitely not going out to target him in any trades would you would you stay put if you're stashing him yeah what if you would you drop him for a guy like ronald jones no hmm, interesting because i think ronald jones is this is this is three out of four games where ronald jones has been fantasy viable mm. just saying um my stock down is russell wilson and here's why russell wilson yes was a fantasy week winner last game he put up 41 Fantasy points. That he did. But now he's playing against the Arizona Cardinals, who has given up the second most points to fantasy quarterbacks, and he had less points than Will Disley had. And I think it's just a situation where we've said this before over and over and over and over again. Brian Schottenheimer, former Jets OC, so we saw him up close and personal. He just loves to run the ball, period. And we saw them get out to an early lead and then run the ball. Period. So it's really hard because Russell Wilson, as as crazy as it sounds, can get games scripted out of a game. Yeah. So in the matchups where Russell Wilson should be the guy that you were like, oh man, he's going to be a great quarterback this week against an Arizona team that's giving up all these points of quarterbacks, and then he's and then he's putting up a complete dud for you, and he's scoring thirteen fantasy points for you. Yeah, this was a. As juicy a matchup as ever against Arizona, like we said, they've been getting torched on defense because they they run so many plays. Their defense is on the field a bunch, but they went right to the running game. This is Wilson's second of four games with under 17 fantasy points. Right. And don't get me wrong. He's going to boom sometimes. And if you start him, he'll win you the week in those weeks. But it's just impossible to know which week it'll be. He's a lot more boom bust than you think. He could go for 40 or like he did two weeks ago or 14 like he did this week. And both times... Seattle won. No, they they lost the game where he went uh, 41 points. They that's won because that's uh, not what they want to do. And they won the game when he went 16. So win, lose, big lead. It's not going to help. They need to basically be tight or trailing. So it's tough because then you get teams like Arizona where you want to start him because that's one of the worst defenses in the league. But then something like this could happen. And so it makes him pretty uh pretty up and down option. And when you're talking about you're they're going to want to be trailing. Like and that, and then that forces you to play Russell Wilson only in the matchups that suck. Yeah, the, the more difficult matchups. Right. <laughs> so it's like he's just such a backwards player. It's tough. So I think right now, um, and that kind of correlates to with Tyler Lockett. Uh, you saw Tyler Lockett go crazy, and Tyler Lockett is the number one receiver there. It's very clear that he's the number one receiver there. But at the same time, it's going to be a little tough to to trust a guy who you don't know when his quarterback is going to have games where he throws 40 times a game where he throws 15. Yeah. So I think like Will Disley is the only guy that I really like as a set 
piece because even when they're running the ball a lot, Will Disley's going to see five targets. And I think you could expect that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting right now. Um, so that's my last stock down. Michael, who's your last stock down? My last stock down is Peyton Barber. Uh, Ronald Jones, 19 rushes to Barber's 10. Barber did score the goal line touchdown, but he also came out on passing downs. Ogden Wale had three receptions. Barber had one target. Jones had one target and a reception. So uh, Peyton Barber, it looks like every single week he's either going to be touchdown or bust at this point. Ronald Jones looks like he's finally going to be the preferred option there, which probably should have happened already. But, yeah, so uh, Peyton Barber, if you could try to sell him to someone based off the touchdown because the touchdown makes his line look a little nicer besides the fact that he hardly played. So, yeah, stock down Peyton Barber because he could honestly just be a free agent at this point. Man, Ronald Jones, man, I got to say, I was not a fan of Ronald Jones. He looked good against the Rams. He looked solid. He looked better than better than usual. Broke a couple <laughs> tackles, like had a good couple solid runs with good vision. I he had a touchdown. Like I'm I'm starting to get on the Ronald Jones train and, and if you're a Ronald Jones owner, stay put. If you can buy Ronald Jones for super cheap at this point, buy him. Um uh, that's in my opinion. I think that Ronald Jones has a chance to step up a notch in the upcoming weeks. I mean, I still don't love the Buccaneers backfield, but if you could get him for cheap, then would you well. love him if Peyton Barber wasn't there? No, it's the Buccaneers' backfield. They never really have a. The last like three or four years, they've not had a good weekly viable option. Scratch that. Bruce Arians in town now, we'll see. and this is the fourth week in a row of four weeks where, if you combine the backs' work, you have a, a too incredible. Bad you can't combine the backs' yeah, work, but if you do, and that's what I think could happen as the year goes on. With Ronald Jones. So just I keep know, that. Wally still gets the passing work. So I'm we'll cool see. with that. We'll I'm see. cool with that. Ronald Jones gets some passing work, too. Um, anyway, Mike, where can they find you? Mike underscore Patrop. You can find me at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only frisky. if you're feeling real, real frisky. I'm going to re- try and remember all the things we have to plug right now. Um, YouTube.com slash Brodo Fantasy, where you can find the wrap-up and other videos of us talking. Um, Patreon.com pa- slash Brodo Fantasy. Man, Michael, why are you, you cutting me you off? You paused way too long. Michael, you know, you're, you're always doing this to me. You always cut me off, man. It makes me feel sad. You're just trying to think of the other plugs. <laughs> Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. BrotoFantasy.com or BrotoFF.com for now. On Instagram, we are going to become BrotoFantasy. At BrotoFantasy tomorrow instead of Broto Wrap Up. So holler at that. Bro, at BrotoFantasy on Instagram for some funny stuff and some, holler at you, boy. some clips from us. Um, the Waiver Wave comes out today. It's going to be a lot, a lot more low. Uh, Low quality. I'm just gonna basically put my phone in front of my face. None of those cool graphics and green screen and none of that this week because I'm not in the studio. Um, what else? Do we have anything else? Thrive, Thrive Fantasy. Go uh, visit ThriveFantasy.com or download the Thrive app. Promo code Brodo to get there's ten dollars like, free on your first deposit of ten dollars or more. There's like two or three handful of people that have downloaded the app and put in the code and have not deposited. Free money waiting for you. If Facts. you're one of those people. Facts. Go get the free money. It's 10 bucks. It's, don't drink Starbucks for two days. Instead, deposit Or in the do app. win money and then pay for Starbucks with that money. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> don't do it. Deposit, win money, then pay with Starbucks with money. Word up. That we give you for free. It's science. It's science. Um, don't forget to follow Jason. Jason Patrop. At, at Jason, Jason Patrop. Patrop. Yep. And everything that you need, Brodo Fantasy. Dot com. Thank you so much for listening. We want to remind you, patreon.com slash Fantasy for the waiver wire episode that we will be releasing tomorrow. Yep. Do not go into your waivers without it. 
please, we beg you, uh, because waivers is what we do best, if we're just being honest. So come listen to us on that. We'll also be talking about the Monday Night Football game on that one. So uh, anything else, Mike? I think that's all, folks. All right. Have a great holiday. Oh, and um, for all of our Jewish listeners, happy Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. Until next time. Shout out to y'all. Later. Later.